You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. In this podcast episode, SD Times Editor-in-Chief David Rubenstein speaks with Scott Ambler. He's a software engineer, consultant, and author of many books, including Disciplined Agile Delivery. They're going to talk about how companies can determine whether they are truly data-driven. Hey, Scott. So uh, welcome to the program. Great to have you here. Oh, great. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this call really uh, originated from me just reaching out to you saying, hey, let's catch up, see what you're up to, whatever. Uh, and one of the things that you had mentioned in, in kind of the pre-call uh, here was this notion of agile data and and how companies can determine whether or not they're actually data-driven. So so what are you seeing there with a- agile data? What are you meaning by that? And uh, you know how do organizations move in that direction? Yeah, sh- yeah. So thanks for asking. So the so the idea with data, agile data, is that it's basically applying agile ways of thinking and agile ways of working into the data space. And the challenge with that is, well, a couple of things. First, the traditional uh, data folks uh, are still sort of struggling with agile and lean and 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 other concepts that have been around for a long time. But the and and fair enough. And because the challenge is with data itself, uh, you know, the fact that data is persistent um, really sort of uh, throws a wrench into some of the, the classic DevOps uh, techniques, which are critical for in the data ops space, which is what agile data is all about, at least the the dev side of, of data ops. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, years ago I did, uh, you know, original work in like object relational mapping and and. Uh, database refactoring, database testing, um, all these critical uh, things that you know you would think uh, would have been picked up by now by most organizations, and yet still they're they're still sort of struggling, mm-hmm. and and it is because of the complexities, and it's also because the the uh, the programmers don't really know about data. So you you know the the people that you rely on, the developers, don't know much about data for the most part, and the people that know about data, don't really know about much about development, so they can't build their own tools, they don't really have a vision for what data engineering could really be, and uh, so this is why data ops has been you know, slow, slow on the uptake as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, the, the challenge though becomes one of data quality, which is affecting the AI, uh, all these you know, machine learning efforts, as well as just you know being data driven in your organization. Period. So you, you get all these uh, you know this vast amount of data, technical debt, uh, you know poor data, poor data quality, and uh, people are making decisions based on that. And so you've got poor, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. So you get sure. poor, poor quality data. Uh, so as a result, you end up with poor quality decisions, or you end up with a boatload of data cleansing. So you know, if you you know you talk to the data analysts of the world and the the data engineers of the world, they they spend most of their time uh, do, doing data cleansing, and unfortunately, uh, or complaining about data <laughs> doing data cleansing, and unfortunately, they're doing it at the wrong point. So they're doing it at the point of usage, um, and it's and that's the last resort. You know, so I I don't blame them at all. Blame them at all. But what you really should be doing is you know, doing data cleansing or data repair, as I would call it. Um, at the point, at the source, at the actual data source, and that require, and that's that requires you knowing how to do database refactoring and having automated regression test suite and having continuous integration in place for your database, continuous mm-hmm. deployment in place for your database. So it, it's pretty hard, and uh, it doesn't have to be hard, but it is hard because the organizations have not made the investment in 
data quality that they really needed to. And and they still don't. Wow. Uh, you know, they're, they're still doing this traditional data quality stuff, which frankly has failed abysmally, um, which yeah. is the problem we're in, right? <laughs> you know, just I'll let the, the state of data quality speak for itself. Uh, so yeah, so anyway, so there's a lot of, um, uh, so a lot of the agile data techniques, which are, you know, agile data engineering might be a better way of calling them, is uh, they really, it really is the, the secret recipe for uh, solving the, the data quality crisis. Yeah. No, I'll tell you, I wrote uh, a column a few years back now. It's got to be going on five years, I guess, maybe even longer, uh, about the fact that, uh, you know, the dirty little secret in every organization is that their data is not pure, uh, yep. you know, and nobody wanted to talk about it. We were going to do an article on it. And everybody, nobody wants to let their clients know that their data could be yeah. less than you there, know, work. There, and, there's so little data about the data, about data quality in the data space and what data professionals do. Um, it's horrendous. And I, I used to do a lot of research and I would publish it. Uh, I, you know, so anyways, uh, be that as it may. And invariably the data community was always the hardest group of people to get any information out whatsoever. Um, they wouldn't respond to survey requests or interviews. It was like pulling teeth and, and, and measurably so measurably so. Um, and, and it's still like that, uh, you know, it's really hard. You know, if you, you know, I would challenge anybody do do some quick research and try to tell me the, the current state of data quality uh, in corporate America. And you will, you, you know, there'll be, you know, Gartner will will have made some stuff up or something, but uh, or some some executive at IBM will uh, will uh, will make up a number. But you know, and or you know, any any big tech firm doesn't be IBM, but uh, but there won't be solid data uh, at all. Uh, and it's a real shame. Which is really uh, ironic, isn't it? If yeah. you think about it, with all the data that they handle and manage and have to deal with, yet they don't have data well, on their own data. From a cynical or point of view, they're not talking about it. Yeah, from a cynical point of view, it's not ironic um, because when you look at what they actually accomplish and their their level of productivity and, and you know, you look at their rhetoric and what they claim and then, you know, what we see in all these organizations, frankly, I wouldn't be measuring it either, you know, if I was them. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have absolutely no doubt, uh, you know, I, you know I, I don't blame at all for being reticent to be, be interviewed or that um, I wouldn't want any solid data. Um, on what I was doing when it's very clearly that bad. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, you know, I would throw that out as a challenge to anybody in the in the data research space. Publish. Mm-hmm. I dare you. I dare these people. Publish real data. Step up. Well, let's it see if that happens. Happen. Yeah, it, happen. it won't happen. <laughs> no, it won't happen. So, talk to me a little bit more about the specifics of. Uh, agile data, how you're defining that, what data needs to, or what organizations need to do to uh, uh, have agile data and how that ties into being a quote unquote data driven organization. Yeah. So, so there's, yeah, so there's a few things there. I'll have to parse it all out. But, but basically, so if, if you look at the, the normal DevOps stack of, you know, thin slicing your behavior and, you know, doing clean architecture and clean design and, um, you know, refactoring and automated testing and continuous integration and continuous delivery and all that good sort of stuff. If you just insert the word data or database inappropriately into all those terms, that's basically what agile data is. And so all I'm doing is this, and, and others, and I'm not the only one, but all I'm doing is describing how you actually 
do these proven techniques that are very common in the development space, but do them in the data space. Because, you know, so for example, um, you know, refactoring. So when you look at database refactoring, uh, the problem is it's an order, at least, at least an order of magnitude more complex than code refactoring because the data is persistent. So when you refactor a database, you can't break the data uh, because people get very upset when you do that. So, so you've got, so there's extra work to be done. It's still doable, um, but you've got to know what you're doing. And so this is what we, in the refactoring databases book, like 15 years ago now, um, we showed how to, how to do this and, you know, provided full source code and, and all that good sort of stuff. But the, but you've got to know, you've got to know how to do it. And so the, the programmers won't, generally won't get it. And the data folks generally don't have the skills when it gets down to it. Um, so this is, this is the problem. Uh, same thing with testing, right? So, Database testing is an order of magnitude more complex uh, than just application testing because your tests can't have um, side effects, right? So I've got to put my database into a known state, run the test, and then roll back the test, roll back the changes somehow, right? Uh, or just put the put, you know put the database back into the original state. You know how how easy you do that as a view. Um, and the problem is if I'm running you know, thousands of unit tests. All it takes is one of those unit tests to have a side effect and it can blow everything else out of the water. Whereas you don't see that with application code, with application code testing generally. So, so it's harder. And, and then of course, slower as well, because you've got all this database access going on. So, and this is the fundamental problem, right? Everything's harder in the data space because you, you shouldn't be breaking the data when you're doing all this. And, and I think what's happened is the data community gave up. So if you look at traditional data techniques, um, there's this underlying assumption that, and, and it's unsaid, right? So you got to sort of tease it out, but there's this underlying assumption that a production database is very difficult and risky to change. That's only true if you don't know how to do database refactoring. Once you do know how to do database refactoring, that is a is virtually zero risk. You know, not, I don't even worry about it. And I've worked with like production databases with hundreds of millions of rows and like huge, huge databases. So size doesn't really matter other than, you know, a few performance issues. And, but if you don't know how to do it, then yeah, it's a very scary thing. So, so fair enough. And so what's happened is because the, the data community generally has given up on fixing data quality problems for the most part at the source, um, when you end up with this humongous amount of data quality debt, uh, you know, this data technical debt. And um, so, and this is where you get the, the poor quality uh, data-driven decisions, right? Because it's garbage in, garbage out. Um, so you get, you know, poor quality data. And there's like many ways that data can be be of poor quality. And if it goes into your, you know, your data warehouse or, you know, wherever it is you're, you're getting data out of to make decisions based on, um, then you've got a problem. And it's interesting, like I've done a lot of work in the, in the data warehousing space and, you uh, the ch and they, they see all the garbage, right? They know, like, you know, if you want to get a handle on their on their, the level of data quality uh, debt in your uh, in your organization, go talk to the data warehousing people. They know, um, and you know, and they'll have nothing good to say. <laughs> so, uh, because they deal with it on a daily basis, and and I think th this is this is the the overall challenge in organizations is they have to stand up and finally deal with their data quality uh, issues. Uh, because it's just, it's just getting worse, and, and and it's preventing them from doing AI properly. It's preventing them from making data-driven decisions, uh, and it, and it's 
it's expensive. It's just going to get worse. And, and it's hard work. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I don't, you know. Sure. Yeah. That's so I wanted, I wanted to uh, ask you, uh, you, so you mentioned not being able to, you know, effectively implement AI. What What is the role, if there is one, of AI in trying to help solve some of these data quality issues uh, and help with the better decision making? Yeah, so so it's actually interesting. So there are AI-based tools for um, looking for potential data quality problems and for fixing it. Um, so, so, you know, data cleansing tends to be Owner, reasonably straightforward, but onerous. Like once you can, once you identify the problem, um, and, and and so there's tools to help you identify the problem sometimes or potential problems, I should say. Um, humans still need to be involved, right? So, um, but but yeah, so so you can use AI tools to help you fix the data quality problems, which then you know once you fix the data quality issues, you can then use that data to train you know business oriented AIs to to help you improve your business processes, basically. Yeah, sounds good. All right, so uh, we're uh, right up against time, but uh, Scott Ebler, always great to speak with you. Uh, Appreciate your time. And to all our listeners, uh, thanks so much for uh, joining in to the uh, What the Dev podcast here on SD Times. I'm Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief. So long for now.